Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We make decisions, and then we look back and go, whoops. Wrong decision. We didn't gather the facts. We didn't have discernment. We didn't know what the right way was, and so we just went out and did something. No, you need to take time. I need to take time in my own individual life to understand what is right before I take action. Now, that's what discernment is. Satan's goal is to get believers off God's path. He hates where we're going because he knows there's peace there. He knows there's forgiveness and joy there. He knows what the end is. We're going to heaven, and it's his main agenda to attract us off the right path onto the wrong one with things he knows will entice us. Often we like to excuse these detours with the famous saying, the devil made me do it. Keep in mind, the devil can't make us do anything we aren't willing to do. Only God has that kind of power, but he won't exercise it because he wants us to make the choice. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verse 11, with part one of our message entitled, Avoiding Disaster on the Path of Life. I want to share with you that I'm working and training for a new world's record. Somebody gave me this. I thought you'd need to know. Reverend Chris Derry had a lot to tell his parishioners about the Old Testament. So much, in fact, that he preached for more than 28 hours straight. That's the one I'm training for. (laughs) Tonight is the first training session. Well, he went through all of it, and he says he began at 6.30 on Friday from the book of Genesis, and he went for 27 hours and 30 minutes, which was the old record, and he kept going, and he was going to preach for 36, but he called it off at 28 hours and 45 minutes. Now, here were the rules. To earn the place in the record book, he could not repeat himself, talk nonsense, or pause for more than 10 seconds. He was able to take a 15-minute break every eight hours as he went through. This one I didn't care about. I will not be practicing this. He told his parishioners that they must turn away while he used his pulpit potty. (laughs) I don't think so. 28 hours. What do you think? Shall I go for it? Boy, what kind of a guise are these? On the overhead, we have a picture of something that maybe you saw in the paper today. Baby loggerhead turtles. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to work with them. 
But they are really interesting. Just a few weeks ago, we were down at Singer Island, and the same kind of thing happened. And what we found out on Coca Beach and Satellite Beach and whatever was in the paper today. They actually the headline of the paper: "Baby Sea Turtles Wander in the Traffic." Now, what's happened to these baby turtles? When they come out, and when the mother lays the eggs, it takes about two months for them to hatch. And in the old days, in the beaches, the sand was up high and at the back part of the beach, and the water was always down here. So when the moon would come out, the brightness would always be over the water, and the turtles always headed to the light. So they always headed to the beach. Anything changed in our environment? Well, what's happened is the sand has been eroded at the back of our beaches. We've also put up big street lights. This particular case, they went across A1A into the uh, motel across the street, in fact, into the swimming pool. <laughs> I like it. But the problem was, many of them crossing A1A didn't make it. They were killed. Now, when we look at that tonight, and you look at that beautiful little log, by the way, I forget what the odds are, 1 to 10,000 or something like that, that everyone will live because not only the road, but just because of the things out in, in the ocean these days. These turtles needed help finding the right way to life. They took the wrong choice, many of them. A few were saved, but many were destroyed. Tonight we'll see the very same thing. That in life we need help. We need help finding the right path. We need help in staying on the right path. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 2. That's where we're at going through. We've been studying the book of Proverbs about God's wisdom, how to do life right. Wisdom is living according to God's point of view, with God's values and God's timing. We learned last week three keys as we would discover the treasure of God's wisdom. And I've kind of reworded them for you just so that you could take quickly these three notes. And at the end of our teaching tonight, I'm going to have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about eight things just to throw you in a whole sequence of how life fits together just perfectly. These are the first three. Number one, we need to accept God's word. The Bible is true. And then not only accept it, but obey all of it. Number two, we need to admit, which is pray, and ask for God's help. In other words, I need direction in my life. I can't be proud. I, I need it. Just like these little baby loggerhead turtles needed it, I need it. And number three, we are to desire and study God's Word. When we do those three things in order, we find that godly wisdom comes to our lives, and from godly wisdom come many benefits. Now, I went through some benefits for you last week, and I don't have time to go through those, but I'm going to give you two brand new benefits that are in our passage tonight. They're very important. So if you're a Christian, as we go through this, you're going to see some interesting things about as we serve God, what happens in our lives? What, what can we expect in our lives? Here's the first one tonight. Benefit number one. Write it down. Godly discretion. In other words, we get the ability to tell right from wrong. Look at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 11. Discretion will protect you. Circle the word protect. And understanding will guard you. That's the second thing you want to circle is guard. 
Now, the definition, and I gave it to you really in the opening statement there, discretion is the ability to say, tell the right from wrong, to make good, godly decisions. And Solomon tells us that after we get wisdom, and you get wisdom by going through those three steps, after we get wisdom, the next thing that comes out of wisdom is discretion. We get the ability... We get the ability, as we study God's word, as we obey it, as we ask for wisdom, we really seek it, as we, as we dig the word and go for it and just apply it in our heart, then comes wisdom. And wisdom gives us discretion. It gives us the ability to choose the right path. Now, when we do that, what, what really happens when we follow those principles is our spiritual eyes are open to the right path to walk. There are many, many distractions on the path of life, and we'll talk about some of those tonight. Let me give you a little idea how sometimes we do things wrong. I have another picture for you on the overhead. This is somebody who has a little cobra in front of him. Now, let me say tonight, give you a scenario. What would you think of me if I had this cobra in a basket, and I had the basket cover on, And I said to you that this cobra had never seen a human being before, ever. And then I said to you, um, I'd like you in a moment to uh, open the little basket and just start playing with this cobra. What would you think of me? That I hated you? That I was nuts? Exactly right. Now look at this verse from Ecclesiastes. This is a great verse. You you didn't even know this is in the Bible. Look at this verse. It does no good to charm a snake after it has bitten you. Now you say, well, that's not in the Bible. Yes, it is. What does it mean? It means this, that when we're making decisions, we need to know what the right decision is before we make it. Hello? So all it's saying is, it's a little late to try to charm a cobra after it's bitten you. The time to know whether the cobra can be charmed is if it listens to the flute and the music and you see it, then you're going to go, it's okay, it's safe to open the basket while the guy's playing the music. If he isn't playing the music, if the cobra's never seen a person before, we'd be stupid, you just told me I would be, to put my hand in there. But often, listen, that's the way we live life. We make decisions, and then we look back and go, whoops, wrong decision. We didn't gather the facts. We didn't have discernment. We didn't know what the right way was, and so we just went out and did something. No, you need to take time. I need to take time in my own individual life to... Understand what is right before I take action. Now that's what discernment is. And you you must be able to see something, hopefully early on. If those three steps I gave you earlier, trusting the word, obeying it, going for it, praying, asking for wisdom, desiring for it, if those things aren't happening in your lives, then we don't have wisdom, God's wisdom. We don't have discernment. And that means that I'm going to stick my hand in a cobra cage. Literally, no, figuratively, 
Yes. I'm going to making choices that aren't right. And in the long run, I'm really going to pay for it. I'm going to get hurt. Now, notice back in the verse, you're in Proverbs, it says that we need protection and direction. Why do I need protection and direction in life? I mean, why should I need it? Turn with me, keep your finger there in Proverbs, turn to the book of John. It's a verse you well know, but we need to be reminded. We talked about that last week, John chapter 10. We talked about the importance of all of us being reminded of the principles of God. In John chapter 10, we are reminded of this truth. There are only two paths that we can walk in life. The path of following God or the path of following self and Satan. There's not, this isn't a multiple choice question. There's only two. Everybody in this room tonight is on one of those two paths. You're either following God or you're following self slash Satan. John 10.10. 10. The thief, Satan, notice, comes, and you might want to circle the next word, only to steal, to kill, and destroy. So if you're on his path tonight, what can you expect? Is that a hard question? Very simple question. What can you expect? You see the three things that are going to happen to you. Now there's a converse to it. There's, a, there's another path to walk. It's the path of God. Well, look at it. Rest of verse 10. I, Jesus, have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Absolutely overflowing life. So there's only two paths. The first goal of Satan is to confuse people about the differences of the path. He wants people to be confused. And we talked about before, we won't take hardly a second. He wants people to be confused about religion and Christianity. We'll talk more about that later. But then for every Christian, every one of you that are born again, that absolutely have a walk with God, Satan's goal is to get you and I off God's path. That's his whole goal. He hates where we're going. He knows that there's peace there. He knows there's forgiveness there. He knows there's joy there. He knows what the end is. It's heaven. So his goal is to attract me off of that path tonight. Now, to do that, he will use all kind of lures and temptations and get me to become independent, move away from God, make choices before I know what the right choice is. Just head off in the wrong direction. Now, there's another problem. Satan is not our only enemy. And I don't have time to go in depth tonight. I'm just trying to give you a cursory overview before we get back to the verses in Proverbs. But here it is. The three enemies that we face tonight, that we contend with tonight, that we battle with tonight, are the world, the flesh, and the devil. We face Satan, who is the ultimate responsible one over all of those areas. But we face temptations from our old sinful flesh nature. Often, we like to excuse our sin when we give in to a temptation by saying the famous term, you know it, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. 
The devil cannot make you do it. See, the devil can't make you do it. God could make you do it, but God won't make you do it. We're back to choice. So what Satan does is put a temptation out in front of us. We always make the choice. You got it? We always, we're responsible to make that choice. You can't blame it on the devil. Now, if a person is demon-possessed, it's a different story. We can cast out demons. But the problem most people have, especially in the United States, is not demon possession. It's the flesh. And we don't cast the flesh out. You deny the flesh. You got it all mixed up. We like to blame everybody else but our own flesh. The second enemy tonight is our world system. It's, it's the system that rules this world, and of course Satan's the ruler of it. So this world system and our flesh always focus, right by that verse, or by that little note that you've just written there, the three enemies that we contend with, just put right behind that, the flesh, my flesh, is the focus. It's always self, self. It's not God, it's not even Satan really, it's just self. He wants me thinking about myself. Building up myself, focusing on myself, being ruled by myself, looking out for number one. That's what happens. Now, remember, temptation is one of Satan's main activities in our lives. Now, not much for an unbeliever because they're already in his camp. I heard somebody say this week and thought it was very good. He said, before I became a Christian, I was a sinner. And sinners sin. Pretty complicated, huh? Well, what would you expect a sinner to do? Are you surprised? When we were sinners, what did we do? We sinned. That's who we were. So that shouldn't surprise you tonight. Now, as we Christians face Satan, our flesh in the world, temptations are the number one thing that Satan uses in our lives. We're tempted in lots of areas. Let me give you a few scenarios tonight. By the way, the battle is usually where? It's in the mind. And you can actually, when I give these, you can just all of you answer a different thing, all right? Because you might be answering different. But I'm going to give you a scenario where you're tempted, and I'm going to ask you then, what are you tempted to do? And you can just rip it out, all of you. It doesn't matter. That'll wake the person up next to you, and you'll understand what's happening. Here's number one. Ready? Here we go. Our bedroom alarm goes off in the morning. What are we tempted to do? Yeah, that's right. The baby spills his or her breakfast all over the floor just before we're supposed to head out the door. What are we tempted to do? For some of you, it's been a little while since you had a baby, I guess. All right. Here's one you'll all get. On the way to work, someone cuts you off in traffic. What are we tempted to do? Have a good day. Is that it? <laughs> now, we're having fun with these, but I want you to remember something. How we react is who we really are. So, you can say, well, Pastor Mark, I know, I know what you're going to talk about today. You're going to talk about evil people and immorality. That's exactly right. That's in our verses. Well, I don't even know why I came tonight. I don't have any trouble with those. Well, I haven't got to them yet. <laughs> How you doing so far? I have more. Next. 
At work, your computer suddenly crashes and everything for the last three weeks is totally lost. What are we tempted to do? Praise the Lord! Here we go. You run into a person who in the past has hurt you deeply. They say hello to you as if nothing ever happened. What are we tempted to do? Someone calls you with a juicy piece of gossip. Really good information. What are we tempted to do? There is a great looking guy or gal at work. You're single. You know they are not interested at all in the things of God. But it's been a while since you had a date. And they ask you to go out on a date with them. What are we tempted to do? You see, this is real life. This is where we're at. Every day, we are tempted multiple, multiple Times. Now, as we go through those things, we have to remember a couple of keys. Satan makes sin look good and very tempting. Let's say you just went on a diet. You see, I mean, Satan isn't going to say, well, he, except if you watch one of these weird quiz programs or whatever. He's not going to say eat worms. He's going to say have a piece of wonderful Yadani's chocolate cake. And by the way, if you happen to be in the mood, there's some haagen vanilla. It's kind of softened right now, and it's, it's just calling your name. Satan is also very deceptive and very powerful. One of the things we forget as Christians is that we are going to be constantly challenged in our commitment to Jesus Christ. There is not a time in your life or mine when Satan sleeps. The Bible says he goes about like a roaring lion, looking to see who he would devour. And one of the things that sometimes we get wrong, and we see it in the office, we have people that, you know, as we're hiring people in the cafe and all this bookstore and all that stuff, it's neat. And one of the illusions that people have is this, oh, I just love to work in a church or Christian place or whatever, because it's just going to be, like, perfect all the time. Well, in my office it is, but when you move outside to Jim's <laughs> office. Why isn't it going to be perfect? We're going to be constantly challenged as Christians in this life. It's important when this happens that we apply the principles Pastor Mark shared in today's message. We must live our life according to God's point of view, with His values and in His timing. We need to accept Scripture as truth and obey all of it. It's crucial to cry out for God's help with this so we can be in the right frame of mind to desire and study His Word. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will go over some of the benefits of the Christian life. When our hearts and minds are properly prepared, we'll have the supernatural ability to tell right from wrong and make good, godly decisions. We'll learn there's only two paths in life, and to make sure we stay on the right one, it'll be important to recognize when Satan uses our weaknesses to lure us off the path. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast from all of the production team here at Lessons for Living. We want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear